For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this post-caucus Tuesday as we begin not just a brand new week, but a brand new election cycle. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and yes, Happy Warriors, and aren't we really happy today? Please follow me on social media, on Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I can be reached at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. So send me a note, let me know what's on your mind. Tell me how you feel about last night's results from the Iowa caucus. We're going to get into it big time today. Also, I want to make mention that later today, we're going to be joined by a fantastic uh, candidate who is running for Congress in the state of Arizona. His name is Abe Hamaday. And if that sounds familiar, it should because Abe ran for Attorney General of the state of Arizona in 2022 and quote unquote lost along with Carrie Lake, who was running for governor of Arizona, and she also, quote-unquote, lost. Uh, So we're going to talk to him later in the show today, because he's now running for Congress. And Arizona really is the tip of the spear. It's the tip of the spear for all national elections, and the left knows it, which is why they rigged it against A, President Trump in 2020, four years ago, and B, why they rigged it against America First candidates like Kerry Lake and Abe Hamaday in 2022. So, of course, they're going to try to rig it this year. We're going to talk to him about all of that, about what went down in 2020 and 2022 so we can be better prepared in Arizona for 2024. Yes, there are a lot of swing states, very important states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia. There are others, Nevada, but Arizona and specifically Maricopa County in and around Phoenix, just like Fulton County in and around Atlanta. These urban areas are where they generate a lot, a lot of fraud, a lot of rigging. Because again, there are so many people, there's mail-in balloting, all of this crap. So Arizona is really like a linchpin. And Arizona was red for a very long time. It's the home of Barry Goldwater. And by the way, the birth state of Monica Crowley. So it was always a very red state. And now it's gone a little purplish. Okay, enough to elect Democrats, two Democrats to the Senate and a Democrat, quote-unquote, governor in Katie Hobbs, who's a complete fraud. Uh, So, Arizona, in many ways, is is it. Georgia, also, same thing. Two Democrats, 
uh, senators. They've got a Republican governor in Kemp who absolutely hates Trump. Uh, and that's Secretary of State. Raffsenberger also hates Trump. So while they have some Republicans at the top of the executive branch in Georgia, two Democrat senators that are way out there, like Warnock and the other one, uh, John, what's his face? Um, so we have work to do in these states. They want to be read. They generally are red, but the Republican side just does not stay on top of election integrity. So this is a long way of saying that Abe Hamaday is going to be here a little later in the show to talk about all of this, plus his race in Arizona, the uh, the issues that are most important to Arizonans, which are most important to most Americans, like the economy and the border, He's going to be here to talk about all of that. Uh, next week, we've got some good stuff lined up as well. And I do want to make mention that here on Thursday, very important show with the one and only Dr. Naomi Wolf. She's going to be here. She has been all on top of the COVID lies that we've been fed from the very start. Uh, and she and her team have been blowing the lid off of Pfizer because she's got a team of about 3,000 people going through the Pfizer documents released by a judge. Thank God for that judge who ordered the release. Remember, Pfizer wanted to keep these documents under lock and key for 75 years after we're all dead and gone, and then find out about all the lies and deception that they carried out in their research and all of the public messaging. Naomi said, nope, no way. The judge ordered this release, And the papers are still coming every day. But Naomi and her team have been all over this. And we're going to talk to her about all the lies. Uh, Fauci going behind closed doors last week. He is set to testify in public in a couple of weeks. But he gave private testimony, a private sort of deposition, a deposition-like thing last week. We're going to talk to her about what he said, because he's just like playing fast and loose now that like the whole COVID crisis that they manufactured is over. So now he's all, oh, social distancing. Yeah, I have no idea where that came from. We made it up. They destroyed people's lives. They destroyed people's businesses. They destroyed the country for years on end. They destroyed a successful presidency in Donald Trump. And now they're like, oh, yeah, we have no idea where that came from. Oh, yeah, I guess the virus could have come out of that lab in Wuhan. Mm, Gosh, golly, sorry that we told you that it came out of a jungle somewhere in China. I mean, come on, guys. The biggest PSYOP in the history of the world. Now we're getting the data and nobody talks about it. We're going to talk to Naomi Wolf about all of this coming up here on Thursday. So a show not to be missed. All right. First up today, though, the Monica Memo. You are witnessing the greatest comeback in American political history. Prior to last night, and this is going to carry through the entire primary season into the general election and beyond. Prior to last night, the greatest political comeback ever in this country was Richard Nixon. My former boss, who I worked for during the last couple of years of his life, and we talked about this. We talked about his comeback and how it was the greatest American comeback because, remember, Richard Nixon was a congressman, a senator, and then became vice president at a very young age, very young age, 
to Dwight Eisenhower, a legend, served eight years as VP, and then ran for president in 1960 against John F. Kennedy and won. But the Kennedy family, led by the old man Kennedy, who was deeply corrupt and a Nazi sympathizer, uh, orchestrated massive vote fraud in places like Cook County, Illinois, when, when Illinois was a swing state, West Virginia, and the state of Texas, courtesy of Lyndon Johnson, who was Kennedy's running mate, and then soon to be president after the Kennedy assassination. By the way, if you have not already listened to my Kennedy assassination anniversary special with Roger Stone, uh, I recommend it to you. It was late November last year. You could go look it up in our archives. Please go listen to it because really important show because it ties all of this together. Um, but Nixon ran in 60. He won. He was presented with concrete evidence of the Kennedy orchestrated and Lyndon Johnson orchestrated voter fraud on election night and chose not to contest the election because he said the country needs a full-time president. Never gets any credit for that. All right, so he quote-unquote loses in 1960 and then spends a couple of years in the wilderness and then runs again in 1968 and wins and then wins re-election in 1972 by a massive landslide. And then, of course, we know what happens with Watergate, and he comes back again after resigning in 74 to become the most premier, and that holds true to this day, the most premier and influential former president we have ever had. Now, Donald Trump, as a former president in these last couple of years, giving Nixon a run for his money as a former president, but he is now also giving Richard Nixon a huge run for his money as the greatest political comeback ever. What you're witnessing is historic. The left doesn't want you to think that way. The propaganda press doesn't want you to think that way. They're all still running down Donald Trump, trying to eliminate him, neutralize him from the political scene, and they will continue to do so because they do not want you to see the historic nature of this man, his presidency, and his candidacy. Man, does Trump have a knack for creating history or what? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like, you know, Richard Nixon set out to make history. The opening to China, detente with the Soviet Union, he set out to make history as a non-establishment America first candidate. Donald Trump didn't. Donald Trump kind of like stumbled into all of this, which makes it even more impressive. Just absolutely incredible. Last night in the Iowa caucuses, Donald Trump won over 51% of the vote. That is the biggest margin of victory in the history of the Iowa GOP caucuses. And and he's also the first Republican to get more than 50% support. In fact, Roger Stone put up on Twitter last night that no Republican has gotten more than a 12% margin in the state of Iowa during the caucus. Trump blew everybody out. His next closest competitor, Ron DeSantis, at 21%. 
For second place, Nikki Haley at 19% and Vivek Ramaswamy at 7, a little over 7%. Um, you know, I had been on uh, Cudlow recently and I was talking about how it's all Trump. Trump is the one. And how everybody else was such a far distant second, third, whatever, that Iowa was going to be a blowout, just like all of these states are going to be blowouts for Trump. And uh, somebody had put together a montage of my comments on Kudlow's show, and I put it up both on Twitter and True Social. And yesterday, before the results, Trump himself put it up, put that video up on True Social, so you can go check it out on my social media. I also put it up on my Instagram but Trump himself put it up on True Social with the tagline, Make America Great Again. This is what is happening, guys. The American people want to make America great again. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about what each of the main four candidates said last night and the bigger meaning of what we are all seeing unfold right before our eyes and with us as participants in this absolutely critical, historic moment. Sit tight. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, welcome back. I should note that a week from today is the New Hampshire primary. Um, and there it could get a little spicier. For President Trump, because New Hampshire is quirky. I was quirky too, which makes these results from last night even more substantial for Donald Trump. But New Hampshire is quirky in a different kind of way, in a New England kind of way versus a Midwest kind of way. Um, And uh, there are a lot of establishment folks. And it's also, you know, a crossover primary. So you can get a lot of Democrats. And Nikki Haley out there is taking big Democrat money because she is a uni party specialist. Uh, and a globalist. So she's taking big, big money from big Democrats like Reid Hoffman and others. They've got millions of dollars pouring into her because they want to see the uni party uh, maintain its grip and she's their best chance. So, you know, in the state of New Hampshire, you can get a lot of crossovers of Democrats, left-leaning independents who want to throw that vote So that could be closer. We don't know. I mean, Trump is still, he's still got a dominant lead in New Hampshire. Uh, but Nikki Haley is, is, you know, running. Now, now Ron DeSantis completely out of New Hampshire. He's going right to South Carolina to try to give Nikki Haley a run in her own state. But again, all of this is moot. Okay. We can have these academic conversations about, New Hampshire and South Carolina and Iowa and going on and Nevada is in there in between where Trump has like a 50 point lead and none of these other people are even competing in Nevada. So that's going to be a blowout for Trump. All of this is an academic conversation, guys. Ooh, who's going to come in a far distant second? So all of these establishment folks on television and radio and in print, 
they are all in physical pain. They're in political pain, but they're in physical pain that Donald Trump remains so dominant. And especially the deep state, the military industrial complex, the propaganda press, they are in physical pain. You could see it last night. Even on Fox, there were some who were like, they cannot believe what they're seeing. That this man is not just still standing after everything they have thrown at him to destroy him, but that he's thriving. Winning caucuses, winning primaries starting next week. The the leading candidate to be president of the United States again, leading the demented, corrupt, sitting Democrat president that stole the last election. Come on, they cannot believe this. I mean, over on MSNBC last night, it was like a funeral. I mean, good thing Rachel Maddow wears black every night, but she was certainly in black last night. Cannot believe it. They cannot believe it. So they will stop at nothing. That's why we speak on other shows about how we need to be braced for the absolute worst because they do have something up their sleeve to try to stop him. But this primary, this GOP primary is over. And all of this talk about, oh, well, Ron DeSantis, okay, he's going to make a play in South Carolina. Nikki Haley running up to New Hampshire. Guys, it's all moot. The question is moot. It's so cute how they're all still pretending that there is some sort of Republican primary at play. It's all theater. It's all theater. It is over. Let's hear what the candidates had to say last night. Uh, First up, here is President Trump congratulating his rivals. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a a good a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I love how he says that they were out there having a good time together. It's so <laughs> it's so passive aggressive, isn't it? It's so like, well, you guys and like patting children on the head. You guys had a nice time out there. Now it's time for the grown-ups to take charge. It's just it was brilliant. Brilliant. But he is also opening the door to unity. And he talked a lot about that uh, last night and conveyed that a lot. He said, look, they both did a good job. Again, it's the passive aggressive, condescending kind of comment. You guys did a good job. But he is now uh, talking about unifying the party because indeed this race is over. It was over a year ago. Okay. Over, Over a year ago where a lot of people at the beginning were a little nervous about all this lawfare coming at him, and gosh golly, can he win? And we should look at Ron DeSantis in particular. Uh, He's been a great governor, and he has, so he could be the real Trump alternative in case Trump goes to prison or we fall out of love with Donald Trump. Not going to happen. And these court cases, I don't know what's going to happen there. But the big ones, I mean, look, Fannie Willis, uh, the depths of corruption there, we'll deal with that as we proceed. But, I mean, hiring her lover to the tune of $700,000 to be a special prosecutor on her team when he's never tried a felony before, come on. The corruption runs so deep in Georgia and, and nationally and everywhere else, so deep. So that can be the unraveling of that case. Plus, Jack Smith is going up against, you know, big legal headwinds now because he made all this up. 
Um, and some of this stuff is going to the Supreme Court, which takes time. You don't just go to the Supreme Court. You can ask for an expedited hearing there. You can ask for expedited uh, processing of the case and a decision. But, you know, these things take time. The Supreme Court is writing for history. They don't just go, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Here's your decision in 24 hours. So, you know, the likelihood that these things are going to trial before the election, uh, they all want convictions, of course, so that Trump can be a, quote, convicted felon. But all of these people are running up against it because they've made it all up and they've abused the system and they're deeply corrupt. I'm not saying that they can't still do grave damage. Of course they will. And they are. But it's strengthening Trump. It's strengthening his hand. If they hadn't done this, well, it could very well be that some of these other candidates may have had a bit of a chance. But they're all missing the point. I mean, the point is that Donald Trump has an emotional bond with the voters. I've said this from the beginning. I'm the only one, or the first one at least, maybe some now are are cribbing those notes, but he's got an emotional bond with the voters. Not political, although they love his policies. Not intellectual, although they know intellectually what he's been up against and what he's achieved. But the most important bond is emotional. Emotional. And that is unbreakable. I've said it from the beginning. You cannot overcome that as a, a Republican a rival of his, you cannot overcome it. Okay, so Trump is now calling for unity in the party. Here he is talking about his plans for day one, January 20th of next year, a little over a year from now. Here he is talking about his plans for day one. We're going to come together. We're going to drill baby drill right away. Yeah. Drill baby drill. We're going to seal up the border. Energy independence and enforce the border. Now, his plans are much bigger. Uh, More tax cuts, more regulatory relief, fairer trade deals, all the stuff that he began in the first term, huge successes. But what are you saying about day one? You know, he previously joked about, hey, are you going to be a dictator? Because that's what the left is going to run on because that's all they have, which nobody believes, by the way, because he got a track record. You cannot scare people about Trump being a dictator when he's already been president and was clearly not one. People are not going to believe it. Nobody believes it. So good luck with that strategy. But in the, the answer to that question, am I going to be a dictator? He's joked only on day one where I'm going to do two things. I'm going to drill baby drill. And I'm going to enforce that border, put the military on the border, and literally day one begin mass deportations of the well over 10 million who have come in in the last three years. So he gave an incredible speech, a tribute to his recently deceased mother-in-law, Melania's mother, who passed away last week, I believe. It was just, it was a vintage Trump and reminded everybody why we all love him. Okay, um, next, I want to run some brief comments from Vivek Ramaswamy, who has run an incredible race coming out of nowhere. He was a guest on this show last uh, year. Uh, I was a guest on his launched podcast last year as well. We talked in depth about China, Richard Nixon, etc. So he is a brilliant guy. 
um, and ran an incredible race because, as I pointed out, Vivek was the only one to absorb the lessons of Donald Trump and actually take Trump up on his offer of doing the political blocking for every other Republican. Teaching other Republicans how to be absolutely fearless with the press, with the GOP establishment, with the left, you name it. And Vivek showed that fearlessness. He's the only one who does. I'm sorry, but none of the other GOP candidates do. Vivek does. And that has served him well. He was smart enough to say, thanks, President Trump. I'm going to run in your wake like a boat's wake. I'm going to run in your wake. You have taught us all to be fearless. And very few actually are. Very few have actually learned Trump's lesson. Very few are actually uh, taking what Trump has done and said and used it to their advantage. Very few, because they're that stupid and they're that cowardly, but not Vivek. Vivek did it and ran a great race. Here he is announcing his suspension. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And here he is very smartly congratulating President Trump. Earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement. Has my full endorsement. Fantastic. Full endorsement. So Vivek is actually setting out uh, to New Hampshire to campaign with and for Donald Trump over the next week for the New Hampshire primary. Very smart of him. Very smart. He knows where his bread is buttered. When Trump is reelected, Vivek is going to be somewhere in that Trump administration. Somewhere. I don't know where. Is he running for VP? Maybe. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know what Trump is thinking on VP, but Vivek is playing his cards so smart. The only time he muffed up was a couple of days ago when he put that picture up on Twitter of his team with a picture of Iowa that says, save Trump, vote Vivek. And it became a whole thing in Iowa. I think that really damaged him in Iowa. That was the only... uh, Trump doesn't need saving by Vivek or anybody else. And it had a lot of turncoats then join him in that effort. And it was a bad, bad call. That was the only slip-up he made. But now he's getting back on the Trump train. And he's going to be campaigning for him. And it's going to serve him very well for his future because what he is doing is positioning himself as the heir apparent to America first. Huge. So smart. Vivek is so smart. All right. The number two, Ron DeSantis. So here is his first comment last night about how he's going on. Because of your support, in spite of all of that that they threw at us, Everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. All right, so he secured second place going on to, you know, New Hampshire, where he's not really competing. South Carolina is the focus. And here's DeSantis again talking about the ultimate objective of all of these races. We represent a chance to reverse the madness that we've seen in this country to reverse the decline of this country and to give this country a new birth of freedom and a restoration of sanity. That's what we are going to do. Which is true. Reversing the madness and the decline in the United States. Um, Can Ron overcome Nikki and Trump? I don't think so. 
but he's staying in the race. And then finally, in third place, the Uniparty globalist candidate, Nikki Haley. Here she is um, with, with a bold assertion. I can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Iowa made it a two-person race. Girl, you came in third. You came in third. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I know you got a lot of money on you, and you're looking forward to New Hampshire, and then you're a home state of South Carolina, but girl... I have a feeling you're going to get humiliated there and really humiliated in South Carolina. We shall see, but this is not a two-person race, so nice spin, but nobody believes it. And then she did one smart thing. She congratulated President Trump. I want to congratulate President Trump on his win tonight. We have had an amazing 11 months here in the Hawkeye State. All right. Well, so that wraps up the first caucuses, the Iowa caucuses, history making. But uh, you know what, guys? We are so back. We are so back. America First is back. Donald Trump is back. The deplorables are back. We are all back. And it's invigorating, but we cannot let our guard down. With every passing day, we have to get stronger, we have to get smarter, and we have to get tougher. So enjoy this moment, but we have a lot of work to do, and not just in the primary, which is going to be, I mean, it's already locked up, but it's going to be locked up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, But we've got a brace for what the left and the deep state have planned to try to neutralize Donald Trump from the political scene. Nothing they have done so far has worked. They cannot believe it, but they will double down in their efforts, and we all have to be prepared. So enjoy today. Huge victory for America First and for President Trump, who deserves it. And then we go back to work today. All right, guys, sit tight. When we come back, we're going to talk to an America First candidate, Abe Hamaday, about running in Arizona, uh, election integrity there and across the country, President Trump, and how President Trump is going to enlist him to target Arab voters Muslim voters across the country that have long been for the Democrat Party. Now they're disillusioned because of the way Biden is handing Israel, of all things. So even though it's a, it's an opening with a weird, uh, negative kind of premise, it's still an opening. And Abe Hamaday is going to go right in there with the America First message. So we're going to talk to him about all of this. Sit tight. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, I'm so excited about this conversation, and I've been looking forward to it for quite a while, because now we are joined by my friend, Abe Hamaday. 
Abe is a former prosecutor in Maricopa County, Arizona, which is a real hotbed for election integrity and will maybe likely decide the next presidential race. So we're going to get into that as well. Abe is also an Army Reserve intelligence officer. So he's a real smarty pants and a public servant. He ran for Arizona Attorney General in 2022. And he had his election hijacked along with Kerry Lake, who was running for governor. Maricopa County is an absolutely corrupt machine uh, that needs to be smashed. And the two people who can do it are Kerry Lake and Abe Hamaday. Abe is now running for Congress in Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Uh, and there is a primary there, but Abe got the coveted Donald Trump endorsement. Yes. He joins us now. Abe, welcome. Good to be with you, Monica. Oh, it's so great to have you here and to to actually meet, at least by screen, as you and I follow each other on social media. We're both mutual fans of one another. So it's great to have you. And before we get started, I'm not sure you know this. I shared this with Carrie Lake a while ago. I am a native Arizonan. Did you know that? I did not. Which city? I was born at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, because like you, my father was Army Intelligence. Right. I spent a lot of time at Fort Huachuca. It's really beautiful, actually. It really is. It's an amazing place, uh, mostly because I was born there. So it's it's become like legendary, like birthplace of Monica Crowley. <laughs> but it's an amazing place. And a lot of people don't know this. It's still a center of Army Intelligence. And when we uh, went into Iraq, Saddam Hussein's top secret classified documents were all shipped, or at least most of them, to Fort Huachuca to be translated and, and analyzed. So I'm very proud of that. I'm an Army brat. I love it. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here, Abe. And we've got a lot to get to with you, including election integrity and your race uh, for Congress. But let me start by asking you why you want to do this again. I mean, you, you are uh, a prosecutor, your army intelligence, you have a servant's heart. So I know that's part of it. But after what happened in 2022 with the breakdown um, in election integrity and the election uh, systems in Arizona, why would you want to do this again? So we have unfinished business, Monaco. You know, everybody in Arizona and across the country, quite frankly, witnessed what happened last November here in Arizona. And it only motivated more to bring down this corrupt machine. So you look at what's happening. Our border is a disaster. Our elections have been hijacked and compromised. Look at our foreign policy overseas. You know, all of this relates to the failed Democrat policies, which I think, I mean, it's becoming pretty clear that this is intentional. And right now, more than ever, we need strong, conservative, common sense leaders who are going to actually fight back and too much, uh, too many Republicans, you know, they've been sitting back and allowing this to happen to us. But I think so many of the America first Republican movement has really awakened because of President Trump and what he's led. So he's really inspired this new generation to to save our country. You know, I was the youngest statewide candidate running for attorney general, the youngest statewide candidate across the country. And, you know, we beat a lot of competitive primary opponents. But what really got me over the finish line was people saw that you know, I had skin in the game. You know, I don't want to grow up in a country where it's Marxism. And my family came from places like Syria and Venezuela. So I'm really aware of how quickly things can change for the worse. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. So this next election is so pivotal. Pivotal. It's really going to determine 
whether we remember the America that we loved or whether the Marxists take over. So I'm determined to fight for the America we love. You know, so many uh, people are talking about how Maricopa County, which is Phoenix and the environs of Phoenix, that so many roads for President Trump and the Republicans run through that county. Can you talk to us a little bit about what happened in 2022 with your race and Carrie Lake's uh, race? What did you find? Just give us a thumbnail sketch of the kind of corruption that you guys have been able to uncover. Well, we're still fighting that corruption. I'm still in my election lawsuit from last November. We just filed, we just completed our appeal today, actually, Monica. So, you know, so many people focus on the printer malfunctions, which was a complete disaster in Maricopa County, where 60% of the printers went down. I mean, it was very orchestrated and, you know, it was very scary because these lines were four to six hours. So that was one aspect of it. But with our race, I think, I don't know if your viewers know, I know they're paying attention to election integrity, but we were down 511 votes out of 2.5 million after the initial count, which was the closest race in Arizona history. Then after our recount, it was discovered we went down to 280 out of 2.5 million. So that kind of discrepancy was very unusual. And what we discovered was that ES&S machines in Pinal County was misreading the votes incorrectly. And another thing that we discovered were there's still 9,000 uncounted provisional ballots in my race. And of those ballots, we know because we have their names, we have everything about them. They are overwhelmingly 70% Republican leaning voters. So something that we've discovered, you know, since this about a year now is our elections are compromised. And I think it's very intentional how the Democrats do it. It's death by a thousand cuts. You know, it's not just one single issue. So we've been fighting our election lawsuit going up against a corrupt machine. The courts, you know, are quite frankly cowardly. And, you know, we're, we're willing to test and expose the legal system right now. That's why I'm fighting. I became a prosecutor because I believe in justice. So I think the establishment out here thought we were going to, you know, go away, you know, get on my knees and ask for forgiveness. But I look at the voters and everybody I talk to and they know what happened and I'm going to continue to fight for justice. So everything we've been discovering has been really eye opening. We have, you know, all the time you see the Democrats and the media say, oh, there's no evidence of election uh, irregularities. And, it's quite interesting. In my legal case, we haven't even alleged election fraud. All we're alleging is to count the lawful votes that were not counted. So, and you're looking at the Democrats trying to you know, unpretzel themselves because they're the ones usually chanting count every vote, but they know if they count all the legal votes in my case, we would win. So we're, we're really testing the bounds in Arizona. And you know, Arizona does have precedent to remove a a statewide office holder. It's been done before with a governor. So that's why we're continuing to fight this legal battle. But it's been a challenge dealing with the corruption and, and quite frankly, the cowards. But, you know, I'm enjoying exposing the system. And I, I always tell people I gained decades of knowledge in this last year uh, in a condensed one year period. So I'm excited to bring that new skill set to Congress when I go there next November. On the um, the issue of election integrity, Abe, um, You know, and I I mentioned this, I saw Carrie Lake the other day, and I mentioned this to her too. On our side, we're always fighting the last war. So while it's absolutely necessary for us to uh, do what the Democrats did last time in terms of early voting, we got to get a handle on mass mail-in voting, uh, ballot harvesting, ballot curing, all of those things. 
are necessary for us to really uh, have control over uh, in next year. My concern is that the left has something that we don't have, which is imagination. And so while we're fighting the last war from the last election, um, they already have something new and creative to rig next year's elections. How do we kind of get in front of that? How do we anticipate the kind of shenanigans that uh, we know that they're going to pull in Arizona and other states? How do we do that? Well, I think the first thing is exposing what happened in the previous elections. And I think that's why Carrie Lake and I have been continuing our election battles. But if you're looking at what's happening right now, you know, these are margin races for the most part. And something that's been different in 2020 and versus 2016 is the rise of the third parties. And I think the Green Party was not on the ballot in 2020 in Arizona and Georgia and Nevada and so many of these other places. So I think the Democrats are starting to worry because they will be on the ballot in 2024, which would make up the margin difference. And that's what happened in 2016. We also look at these other independent uh, running like uh, Cornell West or RFK Jr. So this is why you're seeing Mark Elias. I don't know if you've been paying attention to his Twitter accounts, but he's been he's been really up in arms about this. So I think that's kind of a good motivation right now is Republicans. You know, we've learned a lot over the last couple of years, but you're exactly right about getting on offense with a lot, a lot of these election integrity battles. And that's why for me, when I'm in Congress, one of the first things I want to introduce is to ban ranked choice voting at the federal level. And it can be done. The Democrats have tried implementing it before. So this is kind of where we have to start getting creative. You're exactly right. The Democrats are imaginative. And the Republicans, we need to start pushing back at a much more aggressive level in order to save elections here in America. So banning ranked choice voting is one of the first things, but also cleaning up the voting rolls and making sure the federal government, because once we take back power, Monica, we're going to utilize that power to restore this America that they stole from us. So that's what I'm so excited about, because Carrie Lake and I, we both have gained so much knowledge about our elections. And that's why I think so many people across the country are paying attention to Arizona. They know what's happening. And we're going to bring that fight to Washington, D.C. Well, so many of us give you and Carrie so much credit for pursuing the fight. Like you said, so many on our side, they get screwed over, they lose their elections, and there are all kinds of uh, shadowy figures involved and, and shenanigans involved, and they immediately back off and they just concede the election and back off and say, better luck next time. You guys haven't done that. And you've taken it to the courts and and you've lost a lot because the court system is also deeply corrupt. But the fact that you are pressing the fight, everybody owes you a debt of gratitude because you're really unearthing a lot of things and discovery and the American people need to know exactly how dirty these elections are. Um, okay, so for your your race now running for Congress, tell us about you do have a primary. You do have the Trump endorsement. Tell us what this primary looks like. When is the Arizona primary date um, as you criss- crisscross the district and the state? What are voters telling you about what's most important to them? Absolutely. So, you know, we were not expecting to run for Congress, Monica. And actually, it was on October 17, I believe, or October 19, when you know, the same day, the Supreme Court actually sanctioned me $55,000 for fighting for elections. And that was the exact same day that Congresswoman Debbie Lesko decided to re- retire. And Carrie Lake gave me a call and so many in Trump's inner circle gave me a call and said, Abe, we need you in the fight in Washington with us. So that's when I jumped in. And, you know, as I've been going around the district, the top three issues that I constantly hear about 
uh, our border security, which I think we've all seen the disastrous policies today. I don't know if you're watching the images coming out of Arizona and Eagle Pass, but it is horrific. You know, the whole world knows our borders open and they're flooding it right now. Over 12,000 people in a single day. And it's really affecting these communities all across the country. And that's why you're even seeing Democrat mayors like Brandon Johnson in, in Chicago and Eric Adams in New York. They're up in arms as well because they don't like that they actually have to feel the effects of the policies that they try to espouse by sanctuary cities. So now you, you see you, their hypocrisy is on full display. But here in the district, the fentanyl crisis is a direct result of our open border. But the second issue I constantly hear about is election integrity. And primarily because in Congressional District 8, that was actually hit the hardest when the printers went down in Maricopa County last year. So border security, election integrity are the top two issues, but I also, of course, hear the cost of living. I mean, it's you know, we, our dollar has been devalued by about 23% in three years. This is unsustainable. I look at my generation. There's so many young folks who can't even afford to pay rent or to have to have a ability to purchase a home. So it's really become difficult to live in America. So I'm very concerned that the American dream is really dead under Democrat leadership. And that's why we need to elect President Trump next November. And, you know, I am honored to have his endorsement. He actually called me when I was in Washington, D.C. randomly and almost providentially sitting on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. He gave me a call and Carrie Lake was in his office. And, and it was such a it was such a sweet moment because I told President Trump this. You know, he was able to give me justice that the courts haven't been able to give us. And that's what's so powerful about that man. He stands up for truth and justice against the whole corrupt system. And I can't wait to join the fight with him and Carrie Lake uh, while she's in the Senate and uh, me in the House. And I think we're going to I'm really excited about 2024. You know, as long as we're vigilant and I think all of us have been and so many people are waking up with the you know, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter now X, it, it's really opened up a lot of people to the issues that were being suppressed. So people are waking up at rates that we've never seen before. And I believe 2024 is really the final battle. And I I'm honored to be in the fight with them. Hey, before we let you go, you are of Arab descent, as you mentioned, and I have heard, and you can confirm or deny this, but I have heard that you are going to be instrumental next year in reaching out to Arab voters in key states like Michigan. You're going to be going into those communities, talking to Arab voters, um, and, and relaying the message about the Republican Party and the kinds of opportunities that we can provide to Arab voters versus the destruction of the Democrats. Absolutely. Well, our primary is in August. So after I'm finished with my primary here in Arizona, I intend to crisscross the country with President Trump. And, you know, Arab voters, I think a lot of them are waking up, especially with the indoctrination that's happening in the schools, you know, trying to shove this woke transgender ideology that's, you know, quite scary. And I, nobody wants this, and especially these these immigrant communities. So, you know, Assyrians, Arabs, Chaldeans, you know, all these people across the, and even and look at what's going on in Israel. I mean, you're seeing a real exodus of Jews from the Democrat Party to the Republicans. So I think this is our good opportunity to, you know, reach to different demographic groups to show what America first Republican policies offer. And I think it really relates to so many people. And I, I can't wait to help President Trump get across the finish line, not just here in Arizona, but hopefully in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Ohio. So I'm, I'm really excited to be going to hopefully be hitting the trail with President Trump because so many people, doesn't matter what race you are, what, what ethnicity you are, what religion you are, so many people understand that 
This country is worth fighting for. And if the flame of freedom is extinguished in America, it may be gone forever. And we have to fight for that. That's why they came to this country for opportunity and freedom, which is being taken away by the Democrat Marxists. So they understand that this battle is worth fighting. And I'm hopeful that they're going to be supporting President Trump next November. Well, with your help, they certainly will be. I guess you're going to be our not-so-secret weapon. (laughs) The Arab voters, and we're so thankful uh, for you, Abe, for doing that and also taking on the challenge of running again. It is... It is a massive undertaking. People need to understand. And we make fun of politicians and deride them all the time because they're constantly letting us down. But it is a huge thing to step up and say, my country needs me. I'm going to put myself on the line, my name on a ballot for the ultimate judgment of American voters. That is a major thing. So thank you for doing it yet again. A, we are so grateful for you. God bless. Thank you. You bet. Abe Hamaday, he is running in Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Abe, before we let you go, um, give us a website so people know where to go to support you. We can use all of the help we can because we're fighting a lot of crooks into the establishment as well. They can go to abe4az.com, A-B-E-F-O-R-A-Z.com. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for joining me and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Have a great start to your week, and I will see you right back here on Thursday with a big conversation with Dr. Naomi Wolf about all of the COVID lies, the things that we are seeing, the evidence that we are getting now, and what they've got prepared for the next go-around. Disease X coming out of this week's World Economic Forum. We're going to talk about all of that and so much more with Naomi on Thursday, not to be missed. See you then. This episode of the Monica Crowley Podcast was produced by Behockel Entertainment, LLC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.